The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself. Because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order? Cashback guru? Low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you. Because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store. Even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Riddlewire Prospect Podcast. I'm Clay Link alongside lead prospect writer James Anderson. This podcast is sponsored by Sportsplex. We appreciate their sponsorship. James, I got to tell you, I'm glad you talked me out of, I guess you talked me out of it, uh, talked me out of starting Brady Singer this week uh, in our league that we're sharing together. I was pushing initially to uh, start Singer in place of Mike Clevenger, but I think cooler heads prevailed and i think you talked me off the ledge there because that could be a big blow up and just kill us well i you know i thought it was kind of a team effort to kind of come to that conclusion because uh you know it's it's so weird to willingly take a zero that i hadn't even really thought about benching him and then i think you mentioned like something along the lines of just how brutal it would be if he had a bad start. And, and I was like, yeah, I mean, that would be really tough to come back from. And it would just be, you know, you never want to start a starting pitcher when 
you know full well that a blow up outing is very much possible and um if not if not slightly probable i would say and he had a a passable outing his last time against them got the win but i'm worried i was worried about that first outing against the twins for him and i just think them seeing him a second time it kind of feels like we would have been playing russian roulette a little bit deploying him and so uh you know, we need strikeouts, but one of our strongest parts of our team is our, our pitching ratios. And, you know, I just I just don't want to give all that back in one outing, which I think would be uh, possible if we, if we were to roll out Singer against the Twins this week. Yeah, it's the main event, and I did hate the idea of taking a zero. I was assuming already that Clevenger was not going to make that Sunday start. That seems like a certainty at this point. Um, and I did hate the idea of that, but... Yeah, one bad outing. It could. I just feel like it, on Sunday, I could be looking back, being like, "What were we thinking?" You know. So I'm glad that we and are going to be taking a zero. Uh, Singer's been pretty good. He's five innings and in all four starts, and no more than you know four earned runs allowed. So he hasn't had a bad blow up. But this is the second time the Twins are seeing him in a row. You know, and I think. It's scary, and I think the Twins could do some damage. We, the other option, aside from taking a zero, it almost certainly would be taking a zero, but you suggested maybe throw Clark Schmidt in there with the outside chance that maybe he comes up. Uh, but it sounds like he's starting today right at the alternate site. Well, so the the article that I cited for that note, um, you know, he, he told Brendan Cuddy, I think, of uh, NewJersey.com in an interview that he – I think he, I think the interview was conducted on the tenth, maybe, and he said, "I think I'm supposed to throw Wednesday." Uh, so as long as he's right about that and he is supposed to throw today, uh, then he would obviously not line up to to make a start this weekend. But I guess there's a chance that maybe he pitched yesterday. Uh, he was supposed to build up to five innings, so I think that that's a good sign. I think that there are. Uh, at least one clear hole in that Yankees rotation. Uh, Jay Happ, I think, is obviously um, kind of washed up at this point. Not a guy that a, a team like the Yankees wants to be rolling out there every fifth day. I had pretty high hopes for uh, Jordan Montgomery uh, coming into the year. He'd been um, touching the actually kind of sitting mid nineties, I want to say with his fastball, which is, which is impressive. And he pitched well yesterday. I mean, he, he pitched okay. I mean, he got the quality start four K's and in six innings, got the win. So I think, I think it is half probably that, that needs to be bumped from that rotation, but Schmidt doesn't quite line up to replace Hap. Um, you know, Paxton's been really bad. So maybe they could, have him go in for Paxton and give Paxton like a an extra like skip a turn or something like that with Paxton, but um, Paxton yeah, had I mean, a good outing his last time, but yeah, you never know. I mean, that whole back half of the rotation is shaky right now. Yeah, multiple so paths. I, I, I do think we see Schmidt fairly soon. I just don't think if he's right about pitching today at the alternate site, he just wouldn't have lined up for this week. Yeah, because. I know Jay Happ was already skipped once, right? So he may already be out of the rotation. We just don't know yet. And Schmidt's primed and ready. I know he kind of said, like, I'm ready when the Yankees are ready to call on me. And I think that time's coming very soon. Hopefully we can 
turn him loose uh, next week. That'd be pretty great. I'm excited about Clark Schmidt. Did you? Uh, I'm curious. Did you go after Joe Adele and Fab at all last week? I actually did end up getting him in one league. I was surprised. Um, my solo main event. Yeah. Uh, Todd Whitestone and I, he was available in, in one of the leagues that we're in, one of the main events we're in together. And I think we bid around 250 for him. Um, you know, kind of a didn't expect to get him at that price, but sort of a keep him honest type of bid there. Um uh, you know, I've, I've expressed on the show several times that I, I'm not sold that he's ready to hit big league pitching, and it kind of looks that way so far. But obviously, the the speed, you know, ha- he has the potential to be a, a difference maker at least um, from a power speed standpoint if he can just kind of hit around 245. But I don't even think he's a, a guarantee to hit around 245. So it's not like he was a, a no brainer. Um, break the bank type of ad to me, but I think he was someone that we were willing to roll the dice on if we could get him for two fifty. Yeah, I think I got him for around two hundred, and I was surprised too to, that that was enough to land Joe Adele. But uh, we'll see if that was an overpay. It very well might have been. Um, even though this is a top prospect, eleven Ks already in nineteen plate appearances, and Joe Madden suggested the same thing you did. Like he just. It wasn't him getting sent down out of out of camp for service time reasons. It really was they didn't feel he was ready. So, um, yeah, that's certainly looking that way early on. He also had that terrible defensive play, <laughs> making like yeah. Josh Van Meter look great out there. Yeah, I mean that one was <laughs> that was just kind of one of those things. I think you know, I mean, it, like that, was that wasn't break, as bad. Yeah. That wasn't as bad as like that Eli misplay on that Yelich inside the Parker you know I mean like you know Adele's got a bright future as a defensive outfielder I think that was just kind of one of those fluky things Um, but yeah really about as bad a day as you could possibly have uh, in a game because he also caved four times in that game I want to ask you about a guy who I don't know if we've talked about much at all over the years he's 26 so he's not like a youngster coming up but he is uh, still prospect eligible and actually just outside the top 100 on your updated list. Jake Cronenworth, he's been a pretty big topic of conversation, playing a lot for that San Diego team. That team's running just crazy right now. Um, Tati's Jr., a savior of our main team. I mean, what a windfall that was in the second round. But Cronenworth's pretty interesting. He's off to a crazy hot start. What can you tell us about him and his journey to the big leagues? Well, he's he's been a guy that has looked like a potential plus hit to a guy for a while, and um, you know I, that's Cronenworth is really kind of the reason why I was not excited. I remember when like Twitter was freaking out about, oh, finally Jorge Mateo's free. Um, I was actually kind of bummed because I wanted Jake Cronenworth to be free because I think Cronenworth's a better hitter, and. Um, you know, comparable defender. I mean, they're both shortstops by trade. I think Cronenworth is certainly a capable second baseman. He's also seen some time at first base. Um, but, you know, it's, it's really all about the hit tool with him, and, and he just seems to have kind of hit the ground running against big league pitching. Uh, the thing to track, I think, with him is just how much he plays against lefties. Uh I would probably be playing him every day. I think that he's just clearly the best second baseman on that roster. But, 
it's possible that they, they platoon him. Um, so I, I think that that's kind of, you know, he's not a guy that I expect to hit hit enough home runs, steal enough bases to be a guy that you'd love to be starting if he's, if he's in a platoon, but he might be able to just, you know, hit, hit enough that he kind of forces the issue and forces his way into an everyday role. So that, that'd be huge. But at the very least, in in leagues, you know, fifteen team leagues, deeper leagues than that, I think he's a guy that you can you can run out there, especially if, if they face a bunch of righties. But um, yeah, I just I like the hit tool with him. I thought that that was, you know, the Rays typically get the upper hand when they make trades, but not always. I mean, they did trade away Herman Marquez when they thought that he was a future reliever. And they've had kind of a brain drain there with a lot of their their top uh, front office guys moving on to, to other jobs. And you know, I, I kind of wonder if if they maybe uh, got uh, beaten by the the Padres in that deal that sent uh, what was that Cronenworth and um, Fam over for for Renfro and uh, Xavier Edwards. You know, I think looking looking back at that deal, I think it, it looks like the the Padres probably got the upper hand on that one. It's very interesting. Before we move on, I want to give you a quick word from our friends at Sportsplex. Are you looking for free-to-play daily fantasy? Sportsplex offers free entry tournaments from a wide range of sports, including MLB, NBA, and eSports. Fast and easy sign-up with social login and no more complicated deposits and withdrawal process. Sportsplex is designed with much simpler verification. A special feature of Sportsplex allows not only financials recorded but wins, Losses and even lineups to be stored and publicly available. Sportsplex gives easy, transparent, and super secure experience to players from all around the world, opening up a new era for sports fans. You can review how others played by checking out profiles. Your chances of winning are much higher at Sportsplex. Sportsplex also provides incredible rewards-driven experience. 30% of rate collected will be distributed to players by the unique reward system. Players accumulate points by logging in and entering contests or by referring friends. The more more points are earned, the higher the rewards will be. Sign up at sportsplex.com. That's S-P-O-R-T-S-P-L-X dot com and enter free tournaments today. So, James, we talked about maybe Clark Schmidt coming up soon. Last week we talked about maybe Casey Mize, who knows, uh, maybe Mackenzie Gore at some point. Anybody else that you see like is maybe on the horizon among prospects, anybody who we could see debut in the coming weeks? You get yourself on mute. Oh, man, I'm so bad at muting. Um, <laughs> it's all good, man. I, I appreciate I, like, that I you wanna, do it in the first place. Just so that, I want to be able to like drink my coffee while you're doing the ad oh, reads yeah. and everything, and then I and then I just get sidetracked. Um, Don't ever have to apologize to, to us, James. So, you know, I think the... The two big ones that we're kind of waiting on are, are Gavin Lux and Dylan Carlson. Uh, the the St. Louis Cardinals COVID outbreak has really kind of affected Carlson's window uh, because they just, you know, I mean, we just don't exactly know what their schedule is going to look like. And they haven't gotten enough looks at guys like Lane Adams um, and guys like, you know, maybe Harrison Bader, someone they want to get more looks at. I think that they could find room for I don't think they really need to see much more from Tyler O'Neill I think that he's kind of earned uh close to an everyday role for them um but you know I I I hope that we see Carlson soon but it's it's just 
it's really tough to to predict how that's going to shake out, just given the whole Cardinals mess. Uh, I would expect to see Gavin Lux up really any day now. Uh, I think Monday was the first day they could have called him up uh, without uh, and and getting that extra year of of control. Um, Corey Seager fielded ground balls on Tuesday, but you know, he's dealing with a back issue, so you just you just never know uh, with that. I mean, if he hits the IL, I think obviously the the natural corresponding move would be Lux. And guys like Kike Hernandez and Chris Taylor have kind of cooled off a little bit over the past week or so uh, after pretty solid starts to the season. So I think there is there is room for Lux there, in my opinion. So I think we, we should see him pretty soon. Um, you know, I think Matt Manning and Josiah Gray are a couple other guys to keep an eye on on the pitching side of things. I have long thought that Manning is the Tigers' best pitching prospect better than Mize, but um, it does, you know, it's tough. It's tough with, uh, you try to read the the beat writers that cover the Tigers and try to get a sense of when uh, Manning or Mize might be up. And it's tough to know the way that these writers kind of frame stuff in their articles, whether it's them speculating or whether they're speculating based on uh, inside knowledge. And there's just this widespread assumption in the industry that Casey Mize is the Tigers' best pitching prospect. So I think the beat writers look at like MLB.com's list and maybe Baseball America's list or whatever and just assume that he's the guy and he'll be the first guy up. I think Manning's the better pitching prospect, and I think that he's honestly more big league ready. I mean, he, he spent the entire year at Double A last year and was was dominant all season long. Um, so I'm not sold that Mize is up before Manning, although if you read reports on the Tigers, they do kind of make it seem like Mize would, would be the guy that would get the call first. Um, you know, Mize is probably being stashed in a good chunk of leagues, whereas Manning is probably available in a lot of those leagues. So I think that if you're just looking for, for an upside arm that, that could come up in, in a week or two, I think it could be Manning. Uh, Josiah Gray probably needs an injury to somebody in the rotation. Uh, but if he were to get the call, he would be uh, an instant add if, if it looked like he was going to get starts. Um, the the Kenzie Gore one's a tough one to, to peg as well because I think it's kind of telling that Luis Patino got the call first. Obviously, it was to work out of the bullpen, but uh, if Mackenzie Gore had just been a guy that was forcing the issue, I just I think we would have seen him by now. Um, so I think it is it is interesting that Mackenzie Gore is not up yet. Um, so, I mean, with all these guys, we're just we're just doing our best to guess. Um, but, I mean, I, I think you can make a case that Clark Schmidt is the best pitching prospect to stash right now because I think the need is the clearest. And I think that he has forced the issue the most, at least what we saw in summer camp, um, just kind of what we've been hearing from uh, that alternate site. It, it just sounds like he's really just, just cooking right now. Um, so I think if, if you can go out there and, and stash Schmidt in a deeper league, I think that, that that makes a lot of sense right now. Yeah, I hate to say it, but it's not really stashing season. I mean, if you can do it with Schmidt, yeah, but you know I'm liking the stash guys, and I even in our stake league like picked up Joey Bart and thought he might be up, but it seems like in this year it's it's not really stashing season for me. No, <laughs> and, it, uh, and it's a lot tough to it's pull. a lot it's tougher to kind of it's tougher to predict as well, right? Because you, you can't just 
look and say, oh, well, this is what this guy did over his last like seven games yeah. at AAA. And like, oh, he's, he's heating up. He, he looks like he's ready. You know, we're kind of we're kind of guessing. We're flying blind in a lot of these situations, and um, just a lot of limited time. Like those bench spots right. are so valuable. Yes, and and just you know, like you and I had to take a zero. Now that wasn't from poor planning necessarily. We just kind of got hosed by that Mike Clevenger news coming out after uh, the Monday lineups locked, um, but. You know, there's just guys are dropping like flies. Teams are having games postponed left and right. So, I mean, you just you need as deep of a bench as you can get. And I, I mean, I think that's one of the strengths of our main event team is that, you know, of all the 15 team NFBC leagues I'm in and even like including like I, I, we have better depth in our main event than I do in the Tout Wars draft and hold that was, you know, 50 <laughs> round draft and hold because yeah, same with my draft and holds too. It's amazing uh, what I'm already dipping into the the options I'm dipping into on some of those teams. I've started Alex Gordon in back to back weeks in my top worst I think I started well D in a couple of those and somebody else that was just oh maybe Ty France or something, but he was bad. Uh, but you know with Lux too, I think people are getting sick of that stash, and we've seen him dropped and then picked back up, but. You know, I was surprised to see him available in so many leagues. Like, people just not playing that game. And I get it. We tried to get Lux, but we, we fell a little short. I, I like the bid that? that we made because mm. I think it was it was one of those bids where, like, I'm not bummed out that we didn't get him um, because, you know, two. Uh, what did he go for? Like, a, almost 250. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just a, that's like a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot on a guy where you you can't really start him that first lineup period so you're adding a guy for a quarter of your budget who you're not even starting that week and even when he's up you just you don't know if he's going to be platooned i mean he might be hitting bottom of the lineup so i I thought it was worthwhile to throw throw something pretty respectable out there on him but i'm I'm not really uh too shook up about not getting him yeah, like a guy like Montero, we really wanted, and I was really glad we got him. But sometimes, and I know our podcast mate, Fred Zinke, talks about this. Sometimes I do kind of want to like have the runner-up bid. Like I want to sure. set my bid with the mindset like I'm going to finish second. <laughs> sometimes you really want to go after a guy, but I think sometimes finishing as a close second isn't the worst. And actually it kind of makes you feel like you're on the right track generally with your bidding. Um, so I'm not, I wasn't heartbroken. We didn't get Lux, but I was a little surprised to see him so widely available already. Uh, James, a guy I was after last weekend and started, did not get the win. I was hoping he would, uh, capitalize on a good matchup and he had a pretty good outing, but did not get the win against San Francisco. Brandon Belak of the Houston Astros. Is it Belak? Believe. Um, oh, uh, either way, I'm pretty... I don't think it's Bilac, but anyway, um, can, what can you tell us about him? Because he's not somebody I really know a ton about, but I, again, it was mostly the matchup and situation. This team has been decimated by injuries. Yeah, it is Bilac. Um, yep. Nice. I mentioned him. I mentioned him in the, the article this week. Uh, I, I like Randy Dobnak more, but I think that that's kind of the same type of, pitcher that you're getting uh 
Dobnak is, is a bit more polished, a bit more probably ready. Uh, the command is, is a bit better, but not a guy that I'm expecting a ton of strikeouts from, uh, but a guy that's in a, a pretty good situation. And, you know, so far, I think he's pitched well enough to, to be fairly secure in that rotation, especially just given the, the issues they've dealt with there. So uh, a guy that ideally you can stream, he doesn't he doesn't have quite the upside of Christian Javier, but I think they have uh, pretty similar floors. Like, I think you're you're just as likely to get a blow up outing from Javier as you are from from Belak. So, um in a 15 teamer, I think, you know, we made some bids on him. We, we were unsuccessful. I think we actually got kind of aggressive, uh, at least in my opinion. What would we bid like 80 bucks on him in the main event? Um, Sounds about something right. like that. I think we got, and we, we did get outbid, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, so he, to me, he's a, a guy where, yeah, you'd love to start him, uh, like on Tuesday against the Giants. Obviously, a, a favorable matchup like that. You run him out there, but ideally, you can sit him against the better teams in the league and, um, you're not going to get a ton of K's, but he's a guy that's uh, he's performed at, at every level. Um, can't read too much into what he did in the, the PCL last year, but I mean, uh, honestly, a four four one ERA in the PCL last year is, is not bad. No, and uh, like it seems like he's got a pretty decent variety of, of pitches: yes. fastball, slider, cutter, curve, change. Yep, uh, deep arsenal. Yeah, um, so he nice. keeps guys guessing, which is which is important if you don't have that that wipeout stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, he's a guy that I added to the top 400 on the last update. Um, while, we, while we're talking about Astros, I do really want to quickly, um, just mention Anoli Paredes, who is, you know, his command is, it's shaky at best, but he's just got really electric stuff. And I'm, I'm a little worried about Presley. To be honest, oh, yeah. I don't, I don't think that that's going out on a, a huge limb. I, I just don't think he seems like the same pitcher as he was last year. Another uh, was, another run given up last night, lost. Yep, lone save. Um, <clears throat> and he's he's someone where if you just told me going into the year, like Roberto Zuna is gonna gonna be out for the season, Presley gets the job, I would have valued Presley as a top ten closer. But he just doesn't he doesn't seem like the same guy. And he dealt with injuries um, leading up to summer camp. Had the I think he had some elbow soreness, and then he also had uh, that thumb issue. So he he might not be right physically. I mean, he might be pitching through something. And Paredes just has ridiculous stuff. Sometimes he has no idea where it's going. But he he kind of reminds me a little bit of um, Edwin Diaz in that sense. Back when the Mariners first called Diaz up and you know he was a starting pitching prospect who they kind of internally decided wasn't going to be able to make it as a starter probably correctly so and you know a couple weeks after Diaz was up he just had he was so lights out that they were like hey you're, you're the closer now and he kind of took that job and ran with it um, the command is just the that's the key thing for price there's a chance that he just doesn't throw enough strikes to be a uh, guy that you can trust in those late game situations, but when he's on, he's pretty dominant, and I'd, I would just keep him in mind if you're if you're specking on saves. Uh, I think that Inoli Paredes is a guy to, to keep an eye on in that Ashes bullpen right now. Nice. Did you get a pup, by the way? 
Oh, I'm at my Dog parents' city? house. Um, oh. So there's a there's a pup running around. Uh, sorry for the barking. Oh, that's great. No, I, yeah. I love I love pups. You know, of course everybody does, and I I've been thinking about getting one, maybe a few myself down the road. Uh, but no, that's cool. Um, yeah, he's he threw 1.2 in Oli Paredes, 1.2 innings last night. Uh, I, I said that Presley took the loss. He the blown save, but not the loss. I sneed got the loss. I just wanted to correct myself. And yeah, for a guy who last year, you know, extending a streak that started in 2018, set a record for the most consecutive scoreless appearances in Major League history. For a guy like that to have a 9.82 ERA and two blown saves already, I think it is pretty clear that something's up with Presley. Blake Taylor, another guy to watch there. I just have yeah, I don't I, know the, who could step in, really, aside from maybe Paredes. Well, so I think it's clear that Blake Taylor has been the Astros' best reliever this year. Uh, but I just I think they're kind of using him in more of kind of a, a multi-inning fireman type of role. Um, you know, he's a lefty. He really was not on my radar coming into the year at all, uh, because he was just a, a relief prospect with the Mets. But uh, I think the Astros definitely have something there, and so I think Taylor is the type of guy where you add him. Maybe you get a save here and there. Maybe you, you build your win here and there. But he's mostly just kind of a, a filler guy when you don't have that. Like if we had Blake Taylor on our bench, it would have been been great to be able to plug him in for Clevenger, like that that type of guy. But I don't see him getting the closer role. I think he's going to be more kind of a go get five six outs in, in a high leverage spot earlier in the game. Very interesting. Definitely be keeping a close eye on that Astros bullpen because wide open right now with Presley struggling. Quick note uh, from our friends at Owners Box: Do you love the strategy of season long fantasy sports? Live for the short-term gratification of DFS, then be the first to try weekly fantasy sports, WFS. Owner's Box is here to change the game. Starting July 31st, uh, that was a few weeks ago, the first 10,000 users who signed up uh, who sign up for the beta will receive exclusive access to their new weekly fantasy sports platform. Weekly fantasy sports keeps players engaged through live drafting, social interaction, and a new layer of strategy that puts the player uh, the power back in the player's hands. No more submitting a lineup and forgetting about it. Users will be engaged throughout the entirety of the contest. Compete with your opponent over seven days of fierce competition and get paid out weekly. The Owner's Box game provides users with a fun and engaging rule set that revolves around a set number of game opportunities by roster position. Your players earn your you points throughout the week, but only if you have enough games available at that position. In addition, the Owner's Box platform will curate a community amongst their users and allow them to engage socially in multiple different ways, add friends, create groups, and rank up to elevate the trash talk and competition to the next level. Go to ownersbox.com slash rotowire and sign up for their exclusive beta right now. Each owner who signs up will receive 100 owner's bucks free that can be used to enter contests risk-free. James, uh, the Braves had to send down Sean Newcomb. I, I guess they didn't have to send him down, but they had to get him out of the rotation and so they brought up Bryce Wilson. I remember, uh, you know, Monday night I plugged Bryce Wilson into um, Newcomb's spot on the grid, but I did see Nuke or uh, Bryce Wilson yesterday when he got called up. Did throw one and two thirds innings out of the bullpen, so I, I don't know exactly if he's going to 
start. I know they said that they were leaning on bringing up a prospect to fill that rotation spot. Do you think it's Wilson who slots in as a starter, or is it a different prospect who they turn to? So I don't know who it's going to be. They have a handful of guys they could turn to. Really the only one that would pique my interest would be Tucker Davidson. Uh, he's a lefty. He's on the 40-man roster. He was able to up his fastball below into the mid-90s after a trip to driveline. And he's been showing an, an improved slider this year. Uh, Sam Dykstra had a good article on him uh, about a week ago on MILB.com. So, uh, I mean, Ian Anderson, I think, is maybe the most well-known of the guys that have been kind of rumored as, as potential options. I'm just, I'm kind of, I'm kind of bored of, of Ian Anderson. Like he, he has great fastball, but I think the command and the secondaries are, are iffy. And I just, I don't think I would really trust him in a, in a redraft league at all, regardless of who he was facing. Uh, I would probably wait and see on Davidson. Like even if I added him and it was confirmed he was getting a start, I don't think I would start him in his first outing. Uh, he's also been a guy that struggled with, with throwing strikes, but Davidson, I think is the one where it's like, you know, we, we don't really know. Maybe he could have put something together and, and maybe he could take off. Uh, the stuff seems to be, um, pretty intense. Uh, we've seen Bryce Wilson several times. He's gotten, he's gotten opportunities. The fastball is great. The rest of the, the repertoire is not that great. So I'm kind of, uh, kind of over him, at least from a redraft standpoint as well. So Davidson's the guy I'm keeping an eye on there, but I would even with him, I would take a wait-and-see approach. And this this starting rotation, I mean, Tukey Toussaint was rocked the other night, last night, and they just don't have much to turn to. I mean, I felt like this is an organization we've talked about a lot, and yeah, maybe there's still a bright future for Ian Anderson and Bryce Wilson, but I feel like we've talked about the arms on the way in this system for a while, and suddenly they need some depth, and I feel like there's just not really anybody who's, you know, capable right away. It's uh, it's it's tough, yeah. man. It's tough to build. It's tough to build through pitching. Like, there are examples of it working out. Uh, obviously, those Braves teams from a couple decades ago are, are probably the prime example, but pitching prospects are just so fickle. Uh, even the ones where it's like, you, you see, they seem like they're sure things, you know, it doesn't always work out that way. So, um, yeah, they're, they're really, they're really in a tough spot right now. I think back in, you know, January, February, I would have thought of the Braves as one of the two or three best teams in the national league. And, and now it's just, it's kind of, it's almost looking like a last season for them. Yeah. There are no reds. I mean, <laughs> take the red straight up um but it, i do feel oh, like yeah. you know uh, over the years we've talked about oh maybe the braves will trade from their pitching depth to get a guy like chris Bryan, or you know maybe they'll trade but, and it just doesn't seem like that depth is there anymore even though some of these guys are still you know maybe gonna pan out but it doesn't seem like that high-end talent that they can trade from is there i guess they do still have those top two Outfield prospects, Drew Waters, Christian Pache. Do you think maybe they deal one of those guys for a, a starter? I saw I saw people, um, you know, mentioning well maybe trade one of those guys for like Matthew Boyd. I don't know if I want to trade Matthew Boyd right now. Yeah, um, pretty brutal. Yeah, I 
I think that maybe the smart thing to do is to trade from that pitching depth uh, a year or two ago, back when there weren't really many warts with those guys, and, and you could really still dream on them a little bit. Um, I would be, I wouldn't shut the door on trading Waters or Pache, but I, man, it would, it would take a lot because I, I think. I think that that's a big strength, and it's it's really easy to dream on that being kind of your outfield of the future with those two and Acuna, and they've really you know the, the strength of this organization right now, as we, as weird as this to say, just seems like it's on the the hitting side. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I I think maybe they they see something with Matt Boyd that they can fix, and you know wouldn't be surprised at all if if a a smarter team got their hands on Matt Boyd and was able to kind of turn him around a little bit. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think see that Dylan that's... Bundy like take off. Come no, um, I don't know either. love Bundy though. Oh, God. I wish I had more of him. I'm bummed about it. Uh, but yeah, I love to see him thriving. Good for Dylan Bundy. You know, I'm very interested to see what this year's trade deadline looks like. I, I would expect the Braves to do something to address things, but do you think teams generally kind of just sit on their hands a little bit and don't deal? You know, we don't see some of these prospects, bigger name prospects on the move this year. I, I kind of am expecting that myself. Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense to me to shell out for a rental because there's just so much variability with what we can expect. In, in the three games, playoffs, too. yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. The rest of the regular season, like, I mean, what if you know you could, like, what happen? What happens when a team tests positive for COVID in the playoffs? Like, what do they do then? Um, so i I would just I would just ride with the horses I had this year and just hope for the best. And you never know, like, it, you set yourself up as best you can internally, but. I, I would not be shelling out for a, a rental. I mean, if you can trade for a good player that's under club control for a few more years, then that, that would make a bit more sense to me. But, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not shelling out for a rental this year. Yeah, no need to go out and get a James Shields, you know, pay <laughs> for a little. That just still blows my mind. Every single night I keep thinking about that. But, yeah, I just think generally, yeah, teams are probably – even those teams like the Dodgers – you know, who are right on the verge and maybe could use some help. I just don't see them making any major moves. I don't. I think the trade deadline, there'll be some moves, obviously, but I think it'll be relatively quiet because those uh, a lot of teams just not really seeing the upside, especially no no revenue being generated and not really wanting to shake things up too much. I think with within the organization. Uh, we'll see. Anything else on your mind, James, on this Wednesday? Um, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm loving this ride that we're on in, in the main event. I I, I thank uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. every day and, and uh, Jacoby. I mean, what a one dollar yeah. ad that was. I, yeah, I'm glad uh, we also came to our senses on dropping him because he. Well, he that was that was all you. That was well, all no, you. That was, was another me. tandem effort. Yeah, I was. I was freaking out because it was well. It was it was kind of a, a scary diagnosis, right? It was like what was it like a side injury or something? And, and he's going for an evaluation. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, man, if this is an oblique, like we're not going to stash Jacoby Jones for a month with an oblique injury or something. But um, 
thankfully, thankfully we held him and look, a couple it's, it's hits Jacoby Jones season. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like every night he's just filling it up. So whenever whenever Ramon Laureano gets suspended for charging that loser, uh, we'll we'll have Jacoby Jones in there to, to make up make up for the, the loss. Yeah, your WRC plus leaders right now. Charlie Blackman, no real surprise there. Donovan Solano, okay. <laughs> Sure, that'll be sustainable. Uh, Bryce Harper, Tatis Jr., then Jacoby, five, ahead of Aaron Judge and Nick Castellanos. Man, we got a two-headed monster. Tatis, Jones, (laughs) just two-headed monster. What a tandem leading our crew. (laughs) I love it, though. Getting Montero and getting that save last night was huge. And the Pomeranz. Yeah. Start Pomeranz, right? We had to. Oh, yeah. Um, I know we missed out on those couple saves the first week or whatever, but... You love falling into some and just getting a guy who's looking like, you know, maybe a Cy Young candidate in relief. Who knows? Are we <laughs> hell yeah, get get Pomerantz at Cy. What <laughs> are we are, are we worried at all about uh Ryan Yarbrough who um Yeah. Even though he is following the, an opener now, which I kinda love. Oh, that's good. I, I missed that news. Um that's that's awesome. Uh but he's he's supposed to be kind of our SP six and well, I actually, I, I want to bring this up with you because I've, I've sort of noticed this on a lot of my teams like, and I would have not thought this would have been the case, but I just saves have not been an issue for me. Like I've been able to find saves late in the draft yeah. off of waivers, like, like saves Lugo are not the Britain. issue. Right. It's just getting, having, five or six starting pitchers that you feel good about every week. That's been the huge issue for me. I don't know if that's yeah. been the case for you, but it's just, it's tough out there because you, inevitably you have three or four you feel decent about, but just getting those those other two in there that, that you're not terrified of with a blow-up outing like with Brady Singer this week, I mean, it's just it's tough. Yeah, and especially when guys like Walker Bueller and Tyler Glass now are going like three and four, like, yeah, and like Blake, like I've, Blake I've sat Blake Snell in yeah. in back to back weeks in the NFPC because he just he's not oh, just doesn't seem so like brutal. a threat to go deep enough to get the win. Oh, and Charlie, like guy like Charlie Morton's down. Of course, we've had a Sandy Alcantara. The yeah. breakout got put on hold. Oh man! And you know, I didn't start him in mini leagues last week, but Spencer Howard. You know, not a line that you'd really want in your lineup. What do you make of his debut? I don't know if you got eyes on him. I thought he looked. I thought he looked good. I mean, I thought he just kind of, you know, classic pitching prospect making their debut type of yeah, it's really type of outing. It's um, a pitch at the big league level, even when guys as talented as he is, like the expectations just can't be high for any pitcher <laughs> really coming in. No, I mean, I, I think he. Era. I still think Howard's a guy that that should be rostered in all formats. I think that he will uh, put it together here and go on a nice little run. And I know that they've kind of got him and Velasquez piggybacking right, something like that. Um, I gave up two homers in his debut in four and two-thirds, but did have four strikeouts against only one walk. mm -hmm. Uh, hate to see two homers, though, but I think that was who did he replace, the Yankees? Uh, well, I'd have to, but um, I'd I'd be cool with him following Velasquez. Yeah, Velasquez is pretty bad though. They should shorten him up. I feel like 
Anyway, we've been saying that for years, but uh, yeah, good stuff, James. Appreciate it, man. And anything else you want to add? Um, by the way, we need to figure out a new hip hop topic, or at least like maybe something else to draft hip hop wise. Yeah, I, I had a I had a couple ideas. We'll talk we'll talk about it offline. Um, maybe we can get something going here before the end of the season. Nice. Well, James, you're the man. We appreciate it. Let's. Uh, Let's keep going in Maine. Let's see it through. Let's, uh, you know, they let us back in this year, and we have to capitalize. We got to bring it home. Uh, yep, just to be we, hanging around is, is a good feeling. And that over. I mean, the fact that we have Jacoby Jones. I mean, I think I think we're <laughs> we're we're in a good spot. We just need some Edwin Rios long balls in the coming days. <laughs> Come on, Dodgers, just give him a shot. He's got like three homers and like twenty at bats. It's an, yeah. It's a, if you plug him into the lineup, he's he's almost a guarantee to go yard. <laughs> I feel like I feel like he's on the verge of like an Aquino, Aristides Aquino type run. Yeah, uh, just give it, give him the, give him the playing time. Kyle let him Lewis. eat. Yeah do, yeah, do like a little uh, Fast and Furious Nitro boost to our yes. team in the standings. Yes. Need that. Waiting well, on that. James. Thank you. Three all homer game from Rios tonight. I think. Not wishful thinking at all. Uh, yeah, appreciate it, man. And thank you all for listening. Thank you to our sponsor, Sportsplex. We'll catch you next week on the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.